Buckeyes, big win in Lincoln, Nebraska. Ohio State basketball still rolling in the right direction, getting hot. A 21-point win against Nebraska. We will break that down. Also, your head coach, Chris Holtman, low-key shade, high-stakes trolling. We'll talk about what he said and why I'm loving it. Next on Locked on Buckeyes, I'm your host, Kyle Lamb. Thanks for giving us a listen. we got a basketball-heavy show today as we break down what happened Ohio State against Nebraska and what might happen Sunday as the Buckeyes host that team up north in which they should be a favorite Sunday afternoon against the Wolverines. We will preview that and why I think Ohio State is finally heading in the right direction. Locked on Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Find and follow us on the platform of your choice. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, many other third-party platforms, or simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Locked on Buckeyes can grow with your business and help you grow your business. If you are interested and want to become a show sponsor, hit us up, text advertising to 33777, or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising for more information. Catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Catch the show at Locked on Buckeye. Next, we'll talk about Chris Holtman's high stakes trolling. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked on College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Before we get down to the nitty-gritty, the nuts and bolts of Ohio State's 21-point win at Nebraska Thursday evening, let's all stop and give a big Locked On Buckeyes round of applause, a big Bronx cheer, a pat on the back to head coach Chris Holtman, HCCH, if you're scoring at home, for his low-key trolling of Mark Turgeon Thursday night after the game. I was really all about this. I let out a big laugh, and I mean literally laughed out loud when I saw this comment. You may have seen Mark Turgeon's comments after the win Wednesday night at Minnesota where he was openly complaining about having to play a 9 p.m. tip Eastern time at Minnesota, which is Central time, by the way. Uh, I know many of you didn't know that. Um, Sarcasm. I'm sure you realize Minneapolis is central time. I don't mean to patronize any of you. But Mark Turgeon was complaining. And, of course, if we think back to the events of this past week, we know Mark Turgeon has been complaining all week long. He earned a scolding lecture from Chris Holtman, implying, in not so many words, that it was very immature and Bush League of Mark Turgeon. And narrator, it was for Turgeon to be calling Caleb Wesson a bully. And it's one thing for him to do it Sunday after their loss. Tempers were flaring. Emotions got the best of him. Okay, fine. I don't agree with the verbiage of calling him a bully, but he did. He was upset for the game. He was upset the way uh, his perception of the way the officials called that game. So I get that. 
But the problem is he continued with the bullying rhetoric all week long. He did it on Dan Dockich's podcast. He did it again in press conferences preparing for Minnesota. He kept coming and kept coming, calling Caleb Weston a bully. And look, part of me says, and I was not really defending him because I still don't like it and I don't care for it. But part of me understands that Mark Turgeon was trying to send a message to the Big Ten and to the officials that were going to be calling the game Wednesday night in Minneapolis because he knew that was an important game for his team. He couldn't afford to lose it if they wanted to keep a stranglehold on a possible Big Ten championship. So he was trying to protect his team and uh, lobby for calls ahead of time. That's really what he was trying to do. That's fine. A lot of coaches try to do that, but I don't care for calling a player a bully for two reasons. Number one, it's just Bush League because it implies uh, a negative connotation. And if you're going to try to prepare your team and and lobby for calls, you don't need to call out a specific player. I think that is Bush League. So he didn't need to call out Caleb Wesson. But two, and this this is the other part of it, the irony, is that you're really saying your player was not good enough. It was not tough enough. It got moved around and pushed around by a bigger, better player. How is that a bad thing? Okay, if you're being bullied on a basketball court, that either implies a negative connotation that there was extracurricular activity going on, which there was not, and nobody is suggesting that's the case, or you're applying, implying that the other player was just bigger, better, stronger, faster, more physical, and Ohio State Newsflash was the better team on Sunday. So guess what? You're basically saying your 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 guy, Jalen Smith, a.k.a. Sticks, was just not as good as Caleb Wesson. And I think we would all agree watching the game that was the case. Is Jalen Smith better than Caleb Wesson as a player overall this year? That's debatable. The numbers say they're, they're fairly comparable. Jalen Smith's probably had a hair better of a season, but they're really close. But he was not a better player head-to-head in that matchup on Sunday. So did he get bullied? Absolutely. But the problem was Turgeon was going on about the bullying all week long. And Chris Holtman was getting sick of it. And then for Turgeon to go on national television and then complain after the game about playing a 9 p.m. game. Which, by the way, folks, 9 p.m. tips have been going on in college basketball since the early 90s. Like, I don't understand why there are still people making a big deal and acting like these things don't happen. Made for television, 9 p.m. tips. Started really way back in the early 90s, okay? When regional games started to become national games on ESPN, and then eventually when ESPN2 came around, 9 p.m. tip-offs have been around since then. They've been around so long, I can't believe there are still coaches complaining about these. As if they, they haven't existed until now. They've been around forever. But Turgeon was complaining about it. Clearly, Chris Holtman saw that and took it to heart. And so he entered the locker room after the game in Lincoln, Nebraska, Pinnacle Bank Arena, doing his post-game presser. And the first thing he made a comment was, we are glad to be here for this 9 p.m. tip. We were able to get to the arena early, get started early. We're thankful for the 9 p.m. tip. It was just low-key trolling of Chris Holtman and it's really too bad that this, these two teams don't have another game scheduled. We might see them play again in the Big Ten tournament. We might see them, who knows, play again in the NCAA tournament. But, man, right now it just feels like these two teams could be a really, really good rivalry 
if they were able to play again this season because Mark Turgeon has made it personal for Caleb Wesson. He's clearly made it personal for Chris Holtman when you've got a guy like Chris Holtman taking shots back at Mark Turgeon. I love it. I'm here for it. I know some people are are really upset right now, but I say embrace it. <laughs> and I don't I don't defend anything that Turgeon has done. And maybe Chris Holtman should have left it alone, but I'm glad he didn't because Turgeon, his comments all week long were Bush League. They come across as whiny and making excuses for his team. And I love Chris Holtman calling that out. By the way, Chris Holtman, are you glad that Chris Holtman is the coach? And I know before I even say this, some of you are still saying, well, you know, they they fell apart midseason two years ago. They fell apart midseason last year. They fell apart midseason this year. And some of you are going to bring that up. But if it is not obvious that Chris Holtman is a good coach by now, I don't know what will convince you because they regrouped, played well at the end of the season two years ago. They advanced to the second round of the NCAA tournament. They regrouped last year with the caveat that the last three games of the year, remember Caleb Wesson was on a suspension. So they did lose those games, but they got him back for the Big Ten tournament. They won a game in the Big Ten tournament and won a game in the NCAA tournament, upsetting the higher seed Iowa State. So they have a chance now to advance again into the NCAA tournament. And this year, the way they're playing right now, and I'll talk more about this in the next segment, but I think they do have a real good chance of getting further into the NCAA tournament the way they're playing. Chris Holtman, I know that he has not necessarily put the season from start to finish together that some of you were hoping for just yet. But when you look at the presumptive favorite to land Ohio State's next head coaching job when Thad Mata was seemingly at the end of his career, Archie Miller, the guy that seemed tailor-made for Ohio State, Archie Miller, when he was at Dayton. Now, if you look at the two, Chris Holtman seemed tailor-made for a job like Indiana. Archie Miller seemed like the guy that should be at Ohio State. Well, Archie Miller is struggling right now at Indiana. I don't know if you saw this, but last night he got into a heated argument on the sideline with his assistant coach, Bruiser Flint. Not a good look for Indiana. They were playing really good basketball a couple weeks ago, and now all of a sudden they're back in a funk. They, they looked ugly on the road at Purdue. And of course, you know, that's a rivalry game. And it's not okay to be bad against Purdue, especially right now. Because Purdue is probably going to miss the NCAA tournament. It's not a foregone conclusion. They could still get hot the last few games, pick up some wins, and get in. But Indiana all of a sudden looking bad. And the part of the problem with Archie Miller is I, they're recruiting five stars, okay? It's not that they haven't had any. This will be the third straight class. They just picked up a five-star in this next class, 2021. It'll be the third consecutive class they've landed a five-star. Problem is, you know, with Romeo Lankford, Trace Jackson Davis, and now Christian Watt, uh, Christian Lander, they're getting the big-time players, the one-and-done guys, but they're not filling the classes up with enough talent around. This Indiana team doesn't have enough shooters, and it doesn't have enough scores. And I'm not saying Archie Miller can't be a great coach going forward, but right now, if I'm looking at the trajectory of these two coaches, I think Ohio State got its guy. I think Chris Holtman understands and embraces Ohio State. He's recruiting well. He's coaching pretty well, minus the one-month slump. And I know that's happened three straight years. But the important thing is to start off well, to improve. You're going to go through ups and downs and play well and play good basketball at the end of the year. Which brings us to Ohio State's win against Nebraska. 
And I know some of you are saying, well, it's only Nebraska. They should have won against Nebraska. That team has lost 12 in a row. They're not very good. But I tell you this, the spread for this game was nine points, okay? Ohio State won by 21. They are, uh, they, they tied Michigan State, who also won by 21 in Lincoln. That is the most that Nebraska has lost by at home all season. Previous to this game, Nebraska was only losing by an average about five or six points. Their total margin of victory, they were two and six at home, and they were losing by an average of six points. That was their uh, total margin of victory for the eight games previous. Ohio State came in and cleaned their clock early. They got out to a great lead shooting, just insane, blistering hot. Now, the, the shooting did cool down. But if you're an Ohio State fan right now, you look at this game analytically. This is a really, really good thing for Ohio State because they went into a team or went into a place against a team that was playing better than their record. And I'm not saying they're a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but they were playing better than their record suggests. And they went in and dominated the game from start to finish, and they did it without having to shoot great all game long. The reason being, they had only nine turnovers in a game of nearly 70 possessions. That's one of their best all season long. It was actually their second best turnover percentage all year long. They made free throws again, 80%. They got offensive rebounds. Uh, I think they had 15, 16 offensive rebounds. They were great, even without Kyle Young playing in this game. EJ Lydell becoming a very assertive, confident freshman. He is coming on strong, which is great because if Kyle Young does not play against Michigan on Sunday, and I'll preview that coming up next, then EJ Lydell is now prepared and playing well. He's calling for the ball. He's aggressively blocking shots. He's communicating defensively. Lydell is hitting that stretch where he is in the zone right now. With or without Kyle Young here, the last few games of the regular season, Ohio State can afford to let Young heal up and get ready for the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament and beyond. They're in the tournament now. We know that. They could lose their next four games and they would still be in. Obviously, let's hope that that doesn't happen, but they could do it and it'd be fine. But Lydell is playing assertive. Luther Muhammad is playing confidently. Dwayne Washington still makes mistakes, but he's playing under control. C.J. Walker has been very poised for the last several weeks. This team is finding a way to come together, and they're playing with confidence. They're playing with poise, and they're eliminating the mistakes. Not completely, but it's gotten so much better. The last couple games, they have shown Signs of being a team that can and will make a run in the NCAA tournament. Coming up next, I'll tell you what I think they have a chance to do going forward as we preview Michigan and the road ahead. Ohio State hosting Michigan coming up at 4 p.m. Sunday afternoon at the Schottenstein Center Value City Arena. Ohio State will be roughly a three or four point favorite over the Wolverines. Both teams looking at potential injuries affecting this game as Kyle Young will be day-to-day and probably a game-time decision for the game on Sunday. Eli Brooks, one of the better shooters for Michigan, will also, I imagine, be a game-time decision. He missed the game Thursday against Wisconsin, which Michigan lost, surprisingly, at home. 
I don't know his status for Sunday, but I'm guessing he's probably day-to-day as well. It'll be interesting to follow that storyline over the next 24 to 48 hours, leading up to a really, really big game for both teams as far as seeding is concerned. Michigan and Ohio State both in that 5-6 seed line range right now. Ohio State, with a win here, has a chance to climb up into the prospectus of maybe getting a protected seed, three or four seed, if they really get hot from here on out and make a run into the Big Ten tournament. Interestingly enough, Ohio State, if they win out in the regular season, have they have an outside chance of landing the four seed in the Big Ten tournament, which would mean a double buy into the quarterfinals. To do that, Ohio State must beat Michigan, Illinois, and Michigan State to finish out the season. That is no small chore. That's a big task, especially going into Breslin Center beating Michigan State, although Michigan State has lost four times there in Breslin this year, uh, so it, it can be done. But for Ohio State to get to the four seed and get a double bye, they need to win the last three games. Then they need Michigan State to ideally lose to Maryland and beat Penn State. And then they need Penn State to lose at Iowa, which is very possible, and then get get Illinois to lose one other game, either to Iowa or Indiana. In that scenario that I just mentioned, Ohio State would win the tiebreaker and be the four seed in the Big Ten tournament. That is a lot to ask. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm just saying there is a path to get to the four seed in the Big Ten tournament for Ohio State if they win out. Right now, more importantly, just keep playing well. They went to Lincoln, Nebraska. They beat a team that they were favored by nine, by 21 points, okay? They beat the spread by 12, and they did so without shooting very well. Only 40% overall, 24% from three-point range. What I see with this team, with EJ Lydell coming on, I see a dangerous team that can light it up from three-point range, I see a team that is taking care of the basketball now. Okay, the last two games have been 15% turnover rate and 13% turnover rate. That's a great sign because what that does is it gives more of a buffer zone for those extra few possessions in a hypothetical game in the NCAA tournament where they don't have to rely on shooting as much. We know that they're not a team that will beat you off the dribble and get to the rim at will. But they are a team with an inside-out post player, a guy that can score in the post, draw double teams and triple teams, or kick it back out, or step out and shoot on the pick and pop. We know they've got a a couple of gritty, hard-nosed four guys that can go in for offensive rebounds and, and put it back up on second chances. We know they've got the shooters. They make free throws. They've been shooting free throws really well the last couple games. 80% clip, both Maryland and Nebraska. This team is doing the little things now that it hasn't always been doing in the middle of the season. That is a sign of a team that is getting hot at the right time. If they play defense like they had the last couple games, they played defense with a purpose. It hasn't been great. Nebraska is good at beating people off the dribble. Ohio State did give up a few drives here and there that they probably shouldn't have. But overall, they played a pretty good defensive game. They played a lot better than the stats indicate against Maryland. I think this team is showing they could potentially get really hot here. And none of these last three games of the regular season are foregone conclusions. They're not easy wins. Michigan, they'll be about a three three or four point favorite, as I mentioned. 
Illinois, they'll probably be about a six-point favorite, maybe seven. And Michigan State, they're likely to be about a three, four, maybe five-point underdog in East Lansing. But they have a chance to win these games. Maybe they get a high seed in the Big Ten tournament, possibly a four, maybe a five or six. They can make a run from here on out. This is a team, wake up people, they've won seven out of nine, okay? They're playing great basketball now. Are they as consistent and as perfect as you want them to be going into the tournament? Not quite, but they're close. They're closer than they have been for two months. And that's what you got to like about this team. They are coming together at the right time. The emergence of EJ Lydell, the quiet, not so quiet confidence of Luther Muhammad, Dwayne Washington playing more under control than he was. And yes, he is always going to take some bad shots and make some bad decisions. That's just who he is. But if he does it more under control and less frequently, that's a good thing for Ohio State because he can score. He can put points on the board. I like where this team is at. I really do. If you watch them the last few games, even before that, I've been saying, even though they had the blip at Iowa, they had the blip at Wisconsin, the last few weeks, they've been showing signs of getting to this point. I kept saying the numbers, the analytics show this team is back on track and getting in the right direction. And that's what we're seeing now. They are heading in the right direction at the right time. Big game Sunday, Ohio State, Michigan. Buckeyes should be a three or four point favorite. This is a chance for Ohio State to climb in the rankings, climb on the seed line, and climb into a better position for seeding in the Big Ten tournament, which would allow them to play deeper into the tournament, pick up a few quality wins, and let bygones be got bygones. We'll see what happens with the NCAA tournament. Buckeyes, Wolverines, 4 p.m. Sunday afternoon. We'll talk about it Monday on Lock on Buckeyes. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Be sure to find and follow the show on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Find me on Twitter at KYLM8. Find the show at Lockdown Buckeyes. Have a great weekend. Watch those Buckeyes. Basketball, we'll be back to talk about it next week. Thanks for listening, everybody.